we are recording. Welcome to episode four of the Untold Design Stories podcast, which is a podcast where the only guests are the designers joining the uh, On Deck Designer Fellowship. And today I'm joined by another very special guest, one of the founding fellows of the program, Steph Schiller, who's the product design manager at Square. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. I would love to just learn a little bit more about you, kind of what, what you do, if you could give us a quick, you know, 60 second pitch on who you are. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Steph, product design manager at Square. Square is a company uh, that sort of mission is economic empowerment. Uh, so that's through payment processing products like uh, for sellers, for invoicing, appointments, restaurant, retail, payroll, so many things. Uh, I also happen to work on a team management product, a loyalty product, gift cards, and marketing. And so uh, like many others, it took me a minute to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. I have a degree in design. I went into marketing and sales. I went into commercial real estate in New York City, which was a quite a sharp turn. <laughs> and then I kind of found my way back to design and have kind of worked at agencies, startups, uh, and now at a large company like Square. So ask me anything. <laughs> well, it's quite, quite the journey. Um, I, I was looking at your LinkedIn just to refresh my memory because we met like four years ago or something in, in LA. Envision was doing a, an, an offsite there. And I met a bunch of people that ended up just staying in touch somehow, which is pretty cool. I, I'm curious, you know, you, you said you, you have a degree in design. Um, I'd love to know how you landed that first role in design. What was the story? Was it very straightforward or like, you know, we hear time and time again, landing that first role is usually pretty tricky. Yeah. Not straightforward at all. Uh, so when I graduated school, I, you know, I had gone for design, but also painting. And uh, I graduated and I go, well, that was a great experience. I don't want to be a painter. So what am I going to do now? And uh, really old school went on like monster.com to look for, you know, like one of these job boards that I'm not even sure exists anymore and uh, worked in marketing and sales and sort of realized that I didn't want to do that. And uh, through a crazy series of events, went on Craigslist to find an apartment and ended up getting a job in commercial real estate and did that oh, wow. for a few years. Exactly. It was, it was very strange. Uh, and I realized I didn't want to do that anymore. And so sort of in not knowing what I wanted to do, I was trying to figure out what I didn't want to do. And then uh, I was saving some money to uh, take off and travel like all good did 20 year olds too. And uh, I was looking into what people did when they traveled. And I came across these digital nomads who were, you know, coding and traveling. And I was like, that sounds like a really interesting lifestyle. And so I started to teach myself a little um, HTML and CSS. And it was through that exposure that I was exposed to UX design and digital design. And I was like, oh, interesting. I actually think I would love this. And so I took all the money that I had saved to travel uh, for a year and put it towards a boot camp class. It was a big decision at the time because, you know, some of them are not cheap. Uh, it's not a guarantee. But the way that I looked at it was if this is something that I want to do, this is, you know, a 10 week or 12 week course or whatever it was. Um, it's better than committing to a two year master program or something like that. Significantly cheaper. Mm. So let me see if this is something that I would like to do. 
And if I can get a job afterwards, great. If I can't and I love it, then I'll explore other education opportunities that might get me a little bit more credibility. And so I took the boot camp class, which was really scary. I worked so hard. Like, I think I slept five hours, you know, every night for 10 plus weeks, just working seven days a week and uh, poured myself completely into it. I graduated that and then just went to every single meetup possible, every kind of networking event, really tried to build a network through LinkedIn and recruiters and, and really kind of get myself into as many conversations as possible. And that was really what landed me my first job was uh, getting connected to the woman who ended up being my boss. I interviewed and the rest is history. What a uh, what a journey. I love that. I'm curious, actually, then, as you kind of moved up the ladder, you got your, your first job and kind of got to a, a senior designer position. And now you're a design manager. Um, what was that decision making process like to go into management if there was one? Right. Because a lot of people just end up falling into that role. So I'm curious if that was like something kind of conscious and strategic um, that you knew you wanted to go in that, in, in that direction or, or it was something else? Yeah, I, uh, I had worked at a few agencies and, you know, you're part of larger teams where, uh, you're working with people of many different levels and had the opportunity to join a startup. And I was the, and I took it and I was the first digital design hire for the whole company. And it was, you know, our website was where people could purchase our product. It was a direct-to-consumer site. And so the digital experience was extremely important. The branding to the company was extremely important as a differentiator in the marketplace. And it was wild. I didn't know what I was going into, to be honest. I was very naive. And coming from agencies where designers had, you know, so much clout and were respected so much into an environment where for the first time, people didn't even know what I did. You know, they were like, oh, we know we need a digital designer, but like, what what do you do? Uh, And how do you work best? And uh, it was through that kind of natural progression of the growth of the startup that it was just, well, you were the one that was here. I was the most senior person at the company who was a designer, you know, And, and, and so much pressure I put on myself to make sure that I was learning as much as I could. And just kind of evolved from there. And I think that was a great experience for me to test the waters. You know, I could have very easily after that experience gone back into an agency or gone back into just a pure IC, individual contributor role. But I had loved the management that I was doing there so much and knew what those possibilities were through friends, through talking to so many people that I was like, yeah, I have to pursue this. Mm, that's cool. That's another story of someone just kind of trial by fire. Um, yes. you, yeah. And there's a few designers who are joining the um, the fellowship who are in, in going through the same thing right now themselves or have recently gone through that. That's pretty cool. Um, what, what were some of the tougher situations you experienced as you were going through all of this? Is there anything that kind of st- sticks out in, in your mind? Yeah, I mean... There's so much growth that happens uh, so fast. And sometimes it's it's kind of like when you're falling asleep, 
so quickly and then you just jolt awake. It was like that almost every day was like a jolt, you know, where you're like, wow, Wow. like, okay, I'm doing a new thing. Like, okay, I'm doing a new thing. Uh, And in a startup environment, especially where the roadmap is constantly pivoting and there's no process whatsoever uh, and nobody even really knows how to work together and there's new people all the time. uh, And it's really, really exciting. I think uh, the challenges though of, moving into leadership, like those skill sets are very different than an Mm. individual contributor, you know, and that I think in a startup, you can get away with in a lot of ways because everybody's growing. And there's this uh, understanding that we, none of us really know what we're doing. And to a certain extent, every role is like that, right? We all want to be growing constantly. And so we find opportunities to continue growing, but in a startup, it's, way more pronounced. And I think uh, having that opportunity to push my skill sets around communication, being able to gain influence, things like that, were really growing into new areas. I'm wondering then when you moved to um, a larger company like Square, was there a bit of a shock then compared, because it was technically the same role, right? The same mm-hmm. title in a way, but mm-hmm the company was completely different. So was there a bit of a shock uh, in that sense? Absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, I'm six months into Square now, so I'm just coming out of my shocked phase. Um, But, you know, shocked in a good way. There are so many different areas that a person can grow in, in their personal life, in their professional life. I kind of think about it, uh, maybe because I grew up playing video games, but I think about it like a video game character where it's like, you can't have agility and speed and strength, you know? And it's like, it's always uh, an ever evolving kind of mix of skills. The skills that I was looking to grow more of, I was kind of hitting a ceiling on in in the Mm. startup that I was in. And there was certainly a lot of other opportunity, but moving into a larger company, I could focus on some of those areas that I was most interested in growing. And that was the shock right? Like I knew intellectually, yes, I will be able to do those things in this role, but to see how much process was in place to foster that growth, uh, to foster like the team communication, just being in a much larger team. You know, I was leading a team of anywhere from five to two designers at a time to going to being a part of a team that's 15 plus designers. Just that alone is a huge shift in culture and, and communication. And so Certainly very shocking, but in a good way. Yeah, of course, I can imagine coming from a startup where, like you said, you know, lots of things are shifting all the time. Maybe a larger company has a little bit more of that uh, stability and processes that that might help you grow in certain areas as you were um, talking about. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Yeah, it's so interesting because design is wild, right? Like you can now get undergrad degrees in UX and UI. And that was just like virtually unheard of uh, when I was in school. And uh, there's so many ways to educate yourself, school, boot camp, online courses, uh, knowledge sharing. My ultimate recommendation to people, because there's so much out there and there's so many paths, there's no one right way is really more of a foundational recommendation. And so that is like your drive is what's going to guide you. You know, like every every industry right now is extremely competitive just because there's more people in the marketplace than there ever have been before because there's more of us. And there's certainly 
Uh, it's not a mindset of scarcity. There's so many roles that are opening, but now more so with more people getting educated, which is amazing. What really sets you apart though, is who you are and that hustle that you kind of bring. That's what's going to set you apart from the pack. Uh, so really putting yourself out there, um, doing everything you can to ground and hit the pavement. Uh, mm. And then the second thing that I tell people when they're, how do I get into this industry is looking for opportunities to grow. Uh, and so many junior or aspiring designers will look at an, a design agency or they'll look at a company and it's like, oh, I want to work there because they can recognize the excellence in that place. And uh, as a junior person or somebody making a switch into the industry, I actually recommend working at places that have the most, most growth opportunities. So uh, will they put you on unique projects or will you have a mentor or will they foster your growth? Uh, you know, is there a community that you're inherently going to become involved in? All of those things uh, are so, so important in the beginning of a career to help establish who you are as a designer in the design community and working for that dream company, like that'll come in time. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Funnily enough, <clears throat> two years ago, I wrote a talk called Don't Apply for Your Dream Job. I've mentored quite a few people over the last few years, and I, I noticed that some were not even, but it wasn't exclusive to just junior designers, maybe, you know, some, some people transitioning into into design or, or just a little bit more senior, were so focused on getting into this X, Y, and Z company that they were passing by other opportunities that were equally as good, if not better, they were taking a little turn in, in, in that road. That's kind of my own story where I'll just take any introduction, I'll go to any event or I'll meet with anybody because six months down the line, you don't know what that might bring up. I ended up uh, writing that talk. Uh, I, lo I love that, that you brought it up without, without knowing about it. Talking about kind of people transitioning to careers, uh, something I realized... Uh, earlier as I was listening back to some of the previous episodes you didn't take that direct very direct path even though you had studied design and many others move into design later in their life or come from like finance law you know architecture music and they often struggle to get hired uh, at the beginning maybe having been like self-taught or coming from a country where your um, experience is for some reason not recognized or not treated as as equal I'm curious if those experiences, you kind of not taking that direct path, um, influence your hiring process now that you're a hiring manager, right? Are you more open to giving somebody a, a chance or is it quite easy to fall into that trap of looking for the perfect candidate? It's a great question. It's something that I think about a lot, actually. Uh, in the role that I'm in now, and, and sort of it's probably relatable to every role, there are internal constraints always, right? Like we know we have these projects coming up, so we have to have somebody who can take it and lead it. Or we only have budget for, you know, this kind of person. Uh, and so there will always be those kinds of internal constraints around what the team actually needs, right? So there has to be a a candidate is able to fill what the team needs to a certain extent. But in thinking about the team as a whole, especially in the context of a larger team, bringing in and having a spread of 
seniority across the whole team is so important, not just because I strongly believe in investing in growing talent. uh, And, you know, that was what I needed as well coming into the industry, but also because having a a more junior person or somebody that maybe doesn't have the specific skill sets is a way for other team members to start to learn that mentorship and collaboration. The way that I think about building teams holistically and people that have worked with me will have heard me say this is you're really looking to build a team of Avengers. And again, with my weird references, but you know, everybody has their own kind of expertise and skill set. And the goal is that we're all trying to grow more into those other places. But if we were all cookie cutter, the exact perfect portfolio, perfect designer, X number of experience, that's not as much fun. And there's really not as much growth uh, to be had. And I think the product is actually less sophisticated and less elegant in solving uh, actual needs. And so, yeah, absolutely look for ways to kind of hire diversely across skill set. Every aspect is super important. And then mm-hmm. uh, internship programs are a great way to do that too. As, you know, we just, I just hired um, an intern who was uh, part of the team last summer. And especially as a junior designer, when you're coming right out of college and you have no experience, trying to get internships is a really great way to prove to somebody on the job, you know, this is the way I think about things and this is what I have to offer. Um, and then the last thing I'll say about hiring for people that maybe don't have the perfect skill set on paper is really educating the hiring team on what to look for. I'm the hiring manager, but I'm not the only person that's going to be talking to this person. You know, there are going to be engineers and product managers and other designers on the team, and they may or may not have as much experience talking to people with different sets of backgrounds. And so really spending not just time talking to candidates, but talking internally to the team that's hiring and really being upfront about these are the core skills we're looking for. If you talk to somebody who maybe doesn't have this, these are other questions that you can ask, or these are hypothetical scenarios that you can provide to get at understanding their thought process so that we don't exclude candidates that have the right core, but not the right experience on paper. As a former design recruiter, I love hearing that because uh, I used to try and coach some of my clients on similar ideas and some were some were receptive, some some not so much. But I'm glad that, that those things are, are happening. And, and on the note of like internships as well, I'm, I'm really glad that I've noticed at least a significant drop in unpaid internships flowing around uh which is which is great much welcome change agreed yeah completely mm. agreed thinking about somewhat indirect path in into your first role or, or getting into design did you find any added complexities in being in design and leadership as a woman yeah it's it's an interesting topic and i have a network of really amazing women around me and constantly I'm trying to hear about their experiences as well. I think I've been lucky in some ways compared to some of the struggles that I've heard from my peers. Uh, you know, I work really hard to surround myself with really talented and motivated women. I'm consistently getting inspired by them. And my first manager uh, in my first design role was the VP of UX, who was a woman. And we're still friends to this day. She was an amazing 
amazing mentor. I'm not sure. I have thought about this a bunch and I'm not sure if it's women specific, but I've certainly heard from more women uh, that it's, and it's definitely been a part of my experience. It's like imposter syndrome Mm. and more so than just, you know, I think to a certain extent, most people have this innate feeling that like, Oh, I'm going to be found out or, you know, especially when you put yourself into an uncomfortable growing situation, but more so than that, um, that I haven't really heard much people or many people address is how environment affects that. So, and, and it can magnify it. So for example, uh, just recently, actually, I was talking to a coworker of mine, uh, we have a great relationship. And in passing, I said to him, oh, well, yeah, that's because I'm bossy. And so quickly, he quipped back and said, like, you're not bossy, you're decisive, and you have strong leadership skills. Men don't get called bossy. And I realized that, of course, he was right. But that was my internal narrative. You know, that wasn't anybody else saying anything to me. Uh, and I, I think I've been lucky to be in environments like that. But it it made me realize that I have to check myself and check in with myself pretty consistently to understand whether the narrative that I have in my head is fair. And of course, that narrative exists because of the society I grew up in and, and so many factors uh, yeah. that kind of play into that. But that was actually a really interesting kind of realization of like, oh, yeah, my idea of what it is to be a leader as a woman is different inherently than what it is for men because of how I grew up and the culture and everything. And so I have to work on that, too. So it's helpful to have other people around you that can kind of catch you like this coworker of mine did. Of course. And and then going into your first role, having a really strong mentor and leader that kind of start shaping you as a leader or a future potential leader um, is also so important. When the balance is not there, people getting into the industry, if they're not having those experiences as you, then the struggles only kind of uh, compound, I guess, over time. Absolutely. It's so important to make an effort to have a network of people that you can constantly be vulnerable with so that you can share some of these experiences and not feel so alone in your your thinking and your growth and everything and, and can help you see what's happening from a new perspective and can sort of knowledge share in that way. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Is there, um, is there anything you'd do differently about your career path if you had the chance? No. <laughs> I loved it. You know, honestly... Uh, are you familiar with uh, the game Shoots and Ladders? It's like a childhood game. It's kind of like it's a checkerboard. It's very, very simple. Basically, you roll a die, and if you get a six, you move six spaces. And the point is to zigzag up the board to the end. But oh, okay. if you land on a shoot, you slide back down. And if you land on a ladder, you can skip a few levels. And I feel like my career path, and really most career paths, can be equated to shoots and ladders you know sometimes you everybody's trying to you know move their way up slowly but and sometimes you know you have to slide back down sometimes you jump over to a different board you know it's just so varied but all the things that I've learned along the way have really influenced the way that I lead have influenced the way that I think uh, and I'm constantly looking for new ways to grow and I think it's only in hindsight that 
journeys feel very linear. You know, it's only in hindsight that I can say, oh, you know, I was doing a little bit of design when I was working in marketing and sales and, and then same thing in real estate and I honed my presentation skills there. And that's what helped me when I moved into design. And it's never intentional though in the moment. Mm. And so that's why I think it's like, you really have to follow your values and, and know what your values are and, and those change. Uh, and just look for more ladders. Try to avoid yeah. the shoots and look for more ladders. <laughs> the reason I like asking that question is because when I was in my 20s, I didn't really have kind of specific goals. But I think when you're in your 20s, any kind of failure seems like it's the end of the world, right? Where only when I got in my 30s, I started to embrace the fact that, yeah, sure, there were some bad moments, but they were all a turn in some way in the right direction. Um, and then once you kind of have that clarity, then then it becomes very easy to just view it the way you kind of described it. But yeah, I wish I had that clarity in, in my 20s. But then at the same time, we probably wouldn't be talking right now. So exactly. There's, yeah, there's I, also that. There's so, when you're a conscientious or, you know, like aware and in touch in your 20s and you're career driven, every like misstep or, you know, quote unquote misstep uh it feels like the end of the world. Absolutely. I remember looking around and saying, Oh, I have a friend that just finished their master's or another one who's going to law school or this one who's doing this other thing. It's already got six years of experience in industry and I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, but everybody's journey is totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I actually liked Olga in the, in the last episode, she talked about, she had to literally reinvent herself. I was trying to count four or five times. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Sarah went from being in finance to becoming in a leadership role in design within six years. Those, those kind of stories are always inspiring to, to listen to. What excites you about the future of, of design, I guess, as, a, as an industry? So I think uh, the constant nature of the things changing in the industry is so exciting. You know, when I first finished that boot camp, I remember talking to my mom and, and she asked me, you know, why are you even interested in this stuff? Not in a negative way, but I think trying to help me get in touch with it. And without even flinching, you know, it was just the nature of the possibilities. Like technology, it's exponentially evolving. There, There's always something new to learn. Some days I regret that. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I feel like it's such a burden sometimes. You know, I have to stay on top of the latest functionality yeah. and features and tech. Uh, but most days I'm, I'm grateful for that since it's keeping me engaged and always learning. And when I think about the future and what I'm excited about in the future, it's really the unknown that's coming and the fact that I'll get to have the opportunity to learn that. On the, on the kind of having to, you know, constantly learn, um, how do you continue to, to stay on top of, of things within your role? Is it still going to different events or reading or podcasts? I'm always looking to uncover some new ways to, to learn things. Yeah, it's, that's another great question. And I think at first in my career, I thought that there was kind of a checklist of things that you kind of had to do to, to learn, you know, you take this course, you do this thing. Uh, and in reality, I realized that the growth and the areas that a person should be looking to grow in or could be looking to grow in, you know, there's no one right way, um, really depend on where they are in their career, right? Like if you're um, just getting started, I think 
of course, expose yourself to every single person you can and, and read as much as you can. But the focus of your career at that point is the craft. It's, mm. you know, how well can you master the tools and, and learn the patterns and typography and color uh, so that you can become so comfortable in design. And I think what you learn and how you grow is kind of centered around that. And, you know, that's through taking courses. Sometimes it's just experience on the job. It's finding mentors, things like that, spending your time kind of looking at design and, and identifying what you like. And then, you know, for me, where I am now, where, you know, management is a totally different skill set than being an individual contributor. And it's, I'm in the process of still, you know, for the last few years, identifying what are these areas, like, what are those bars in my character design that I'm trying to grow still, you know, is it influence? Is it communication? Is it, uh, you know, leadership? Uh, and identifying those, I think, and getting in touch with the areas that are kind of your growing edge for each person would then be the best way to shape how you can continue to grow. So if it's, you know, for me, communication and leadership and uh, influence, the ways that I can be doing that is through, you know, finding some kind of coach or leadership courses or, you know, tapping into my network of mentors and things like the on deck fellowship, you know, ways of connecting to the community. And so I think, being mindful about where you are and what you're looking to to grow is the best way to set yourself up for success. And actually, my last question was going to be why, why you're joining the fellowship. And, and I'm even more curious because I reached out to you, I'm going to say like th two, three months ago with very little context on, on what this, because I was also working on the narrative and what this thing actually going to be. Um, so curious what your reaction was because you were I think you were like I'm, I'm in give me a little bit more information but but I'm in um th this sounds great so yeah I would love to know why why you're joining absolutely yeah I think well as you mentioned we've connected many years ago and have stayed in touch through LinkedIn and I've always seen the things that you've been doing and so when you reached out and said you were doing this program I had complete faith in you and so there was no question. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I still do. Uh, and, and that's not to say it's going to be, you know, perfect and I have expectations or whatever, but I think the thinking is in the right place and that the level of effort that you're putting in and how much you're putting in uh, is, there's no way that it can't be helpful. And uh, for me, the opportunity to meet designers around the world, leaders around the world, uh, have a say in, you know, like maybe I can help lead a course or I'm going to watch somebody else lead a course and, and the curriculum that I'm seeing come in. It's just, it's so engaging. And in that sense, I'm excited to learn. I'm excited to meet other people. And there aren't many, especially now when I used to rely on meetups and so many in-person events, there aren't many ways to do that in a socially distanced way, at least, you know, in the city that I'm in. And so uh, I thought it was just a really great opportunity to connect with people that I would definitely never meet <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. All right. appreciate that. And no pressure uh, for me. Uh, <laughs> You're doing a great job. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Well, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm riding right now, we're two weeks away from kickoff and I'm riding the emotional roller coaster of that is, you know, getting everything prepared. So there are moments, multiple moments in the day where I'm feeling 
really good and excited about it. I'm like, we're, we're ready. There's just some obviously logistics and kind of things to prep, but everything is there. But then there's other moments where it just goes way down and like, there's so much pressure and expectation. But I think, again, I think put it in the work and I've been thinking about this for a couple of years. Um, I had a version of this in my head for, for a couple of years. So it's just time to execute and, and make it happen. So, Amazing. yeah. So exciting. Um, yeah, same uh, for right now as we're recording the podcast <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> awesome uh well i really enjoyed the the conversation thanks so much for for taking the time out of, out of your day to tune in from sunny la um and yeah thanks so much thanks for having me